Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. The Navy Federal Credit Union More Rewards American Express card earns members three times the points at supermarkets, food delivery, and gas, plus one point on everything else. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Getting things done in your business can be frustrating. As an entrepreneur, you have to create systems and get things automated so you can get them off your plate. Let me tell you about a much better way of getting work done, an amazing tool that will help you overcome the frustrating log jams in your business. Sweet Process is a simple but powerful tool that lets you create clear step-by-step instructions for every task in your business, from onboarding new customers to training new employees to responding to customer requests. So everything gets done more easily and more reliably. Plus, you'll have a central place where everyone who works with you, your employees, contractors, and even virtual assistants can access your procedures anytime from any device. I'm a big fan of automating and capturing processes in my business, and Sweet Process makes it easy. The best way to understand how Sweet Process streamlines your work is to start using it. Sweet Process offers a 14-day trial, but as a loyal listener of the Veteran on the Move podcast, you can try it for free for 28 days. That's free for 28 days. You don't even have to enter a credit card to get started. Just navigate to sweetprocess.com veteran to start your free 28-day trial. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you today, talking with Navy veteran Joe Evangelisti, a high-performance coach and entrepreneur. So Joe runs three successful businesses in digital marketing, wholesale real estate, and self-storage. Some of the great topics that we're going to talk about today are building a business that fits your lifestyle, putting together great teams, developing a winning culture in your business, benefits of hiring coaches and turning to mentors, and making the mindset shift to become fearless. Joe, we got a lot of great things to talk about, but <laughs> before we get to all that, take us back. Tell us about what you did in the Navy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good, it's a good list. I like it there, Joe. Thanks for having me on as well. Um, yeah. So, so my background, Joe, is I, I've, I've been in construction my whole life. I grew up as a, as a son of a, of a drywall contractor turned general contractor builder. And so I've been on job sites and, and, you know, sweeping up and learning how to do manual labor and hard work and, you know, uh, putting in an honest day's work for, for my whole entire childhood. Um, almost always had either a side, a side job, nights and weekends job or something like that construction related. Mm-hmm. And um, when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to serve our country, but I just didn't know in what capacity. Like, I'm like, I'm a construction guy. How do I do this? You know, so I, I was lucky enough to run into a reservist senior chief who said, uh, who was a CB. And he says, you know, you can be a builder in the Navy. You can go do construction in the Navy. And I was like, well, how do you do that on a boat? Like, you know, we're doing, mm-hmm. going to ship and build stuff. He says, no, he goes, the U.S. Navy Seabees are, they go everywhere by air. Uh, they work on land. They build their physical builders. And so uh, it was super intriguing to me um, to go after that, that line of, uh, you know, that, that rating. And, um, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, at first I got into the to recruit, uh, you know, recruiting station and MEPS and all that. And they were trying to talk me into being, you know, everything else except for a CB because it's a, it's a pretty pretty small uh, subset of, of uh, folks in that community. Um, but I didn't take no for an answer and, and, and I kind of stood my ground and effectively became a, a builder in the U.S. Navy um, back in, 
a long, long time ago. <laughs> and so uh, uh, spent six years uh, working for the U.S. Navy Seabees and, and uh, you know, went all over the planet, uh, was stationed on, in all kinds of different places, got to go to Camp David, meet a couple presidents, uh, as well as, you know, do some, not that, not that Camp David wasn't tough, but also do some really tough tours overseas and, you know, go out and deploy and do construction. And uh, I really wrapped it up. And uh, one of my last deployments was uh, working for U.S. CENTCOM in Qatar during uh, our deployment as we were invading Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my team and I were, uh, were building out U.S. CENTCOM for, for General Franks and his team and, and, and all the, all the uh, uh, you know, all the generals and the higher ups out there that were in charge of leading the, 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 the forces into, uh, into Baghdad, into the charge there. So, um, you know, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I got tons of experience, taught me a tons of discipline, um, a lot about leadership and, and, and a lot about just becoming a little bit more humble. Cause I think when, when we're all young, right, we want to go out there and just kick ass and take names. And, you know, I think a lot of us need to, uh, to dial that back a little bit. So um, it, it really did prepare me for life and it prepared me for, for change. <clears throat> so six years in the Navy as, as you're on the way out, um, <clears throat> had you planned far ahead uh, and what your transition was going to look like and your plans for the future and where did this entrepreneurial bug come from? Yeah, no, it's funny. You're kind of taking me back because it's been a while. But uh, when I was getting out, um, I, I had this mindset of, you know, I, you're, you're six years in as a CB, like five years in a couple months because of a C school and advanced schooling, they, they kind of extend you. And, um, you know, at that level, it was like, if I re-up for four more years, which is what they're expecting me to do. My, my mindset was, if I'm doing 10, I'm doing 20, right? I'm going to stay mm-hmm. in, I'm going to retire. And so I, I distinctly remember um, having this, this kind of back and forth and, you know, cause I was, I was a lifer, man. I loved it. There's, you know, it was my favorite um, job I ever had. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, you know, I got a call from a couple of my buddies who actually got out earlier um, because of our, uh, because of our security clearances and because of having the, the background in Camp David um, there's a lot of contractors back then especially during the middle, you know, the war was starting to heat up. And, and uh, so I got an offer from uh, Kellogg Brown and Root, which was a uh, subsidiary of Halliburton. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they said, hey, here's the offer. You know, start, start as soon as you come out. We'll give you a week to get here and we'll relocate you. We'll pay for this. We'll pay for that. And as a, as a young kid, I mean, they offered me way, way more money than I ever expected to make. I mean, probably double what I was making in the military at the time mm-hmm. and uh, to be a project manager. And so, I took advantage of that opportunity. I took advantage of that job and, and I went and did it, but you know, nobody in my chain of command was happy. You know, they, they looked at me as like you know, the guy who was going to, you know, accelerate and do great things. And um, so I distinctly remember my XO sitting me down and, and, you know, he brought me to his office and sat me down and he was like, what the hell are you thinking? You're going to throw away this career. You're like, you're doing all these incredible things. Like, yeah. I, like we're going to make you into something because of the trajectory you're on. Yeah. Um, and then I told him what I was making and he was like, yeah, I'd take that job too. Good luck. <laughs> it was like, so, you know, it, it was a tumultuous time. It was tough. It was really hard to kind of let go and make that transition. Um, but at the back of my mind, I knew that, um, you know, I would take the experiences that I learned and I would use those opportunities to help me become a better person you know, in, in the civilian life as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So how long were you doing the KBR contractor stuff? And uh, <laughs> where did this whole... Uh, this, this whole entrepreneurial thing come from? Yeah. So I was down at the uh, defense intelligence agency in Boeing air force base in, uh, in DC and uh, a dream job. I mean, literally a dream job. I was working hardly any hours a day because of the, the, the schedule that they had me on and who I was in charge of. And I was making great money and I was going to school 
pretty much full time and and uh, getting MGI to pay for it. And KBR was uh, sub- subsidizing uh, other costs and stuff like that. So I was just living the life. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I met my wife. She was from Jersey. You know, she comes down, moves down to D.C. And uh, I've always had this joke that her umbilical cord has never been cut. It just stretches. Right. So she has to be near her mom any given time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we found ourselves yep. uh, nights and weekends and, and every weekend. I lived in the, the nicest part of D.C. and the coolest opportunity, all kinds of stuff going on around us. But I would get in the car on Friday afternoon. And I would drive back to New Jersey and hang out with the my in-laws and, the, and they had horses and all this kind of stuff. So um, I found myself going back and forth so, so often that I looked at my wife and I said, this is nuts. Like we, we should go back to Jersey and we should put down roots because. I'm not just going to keep traveling back and forth every weekend. And mm-hmm. um, so ultimately the KBR thing was kind of short lived. I was there about two years um, again, gained some great experience, but you know, ultimately the, the entrepreneurial bug kept, kept, kept calling me, you know, go out and do something on your own, go out and, and make something of yourself. And, you know, I grew up in, in a world where, you know, if you, if you ask people where wealth comes from, they say, you know, real estate. Right. So I had the construction background. I had the, you know, the ability to build and do whatever I wanted. I just had to learn the aspects of, you know, purchasing and mortgaging and, you know, controlling real estate. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I jumped in two feet, uh, in probably arguably one of the craziest times ever to get into real estate in 2007, um, started flipping houses, thought we were going to make a fortune overnight. And, uh, we got pinched. We got stuck in 2008 stuff started softening. Yeah. And, uh, instead of flipping those first couple houses, we ended up keeping them. We ended up having to stabilize them, put, uh, you know, refinance them, put tenants in place. And, right. um, it's really where I learned how to pivot. You know, it's really where I learned that if you don't, if, if stuff's not going your way, you got to find a plan B or, or you got to, you know, pack up and, 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 uh, and quit. And, uh, we, we didn't want to quit. We didn't want to, we didn't want to pack it up. We wanted to figure out how to scale it. So, um, we kind of fought through that whole thing um, until fast forward four or five years from that from that point. You know, now I was running multiple businesses. I was a broker. I was a flipper. I was a, a landlord. I was running a broker's price opinion business. I had a bunch of other side hustles, and uh, you know, I, I I look back on that time in my life, and I found I found that I was chasing a lot, Joe. Like I was always looking for like, what's the next thing? How do I accomplish more? How do I do more? If I put more hours in, you know, maybe I'll be more successful. And, you know, um, interestingly enough, I was making really, really good money. And, uh, you know, I had like the life that all my friends were like, man, you're doing great. They're patting you on the back. And, but, you know, but, but deep down inside, I was kind of falling apart and I was kind of, you know, overly stressed out and, and, you know, pretty much ready to have a, a mental breakdown from trying to do too many things at once and trying to extend myself. And, you know, I had two little girls. I had a, a wife and two dogs and a brand new mortgage. And, um, you know, I wasn't spending time at home. I wasn't spending time with my kids. I was avoiding, you know, doing anything rec- recreational. I was avoiding taking care of my body and taking care of my health. And um, I was eating crap and I wasn't going to the gym. And, you know, it just, I, I, it's kind of that moment where I had to make a shift and now I and, and had to figure out how to create um, more systems, more processes, better teams, better culture. And, um, you know, ultimately led me to today where, you know, I run four really, really effective teams, uh, really, really effective companies. And now I like to help people navigate their life and business as well. That's awesome. You know, it's a great stopping point. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So hold that thought. We start to address that. Did you know with the More Rewards credit card from Navy Federal Credit Union, you can earn three times the points at supermarkets, food delivery, and gas, plus one point in everything else? Your rewards won't expire while your account is open, 
and you can redeem them for cash, travel, gift cards, and more. Plus, the Mobile Rewards card is contactless, so you can make payments quickly and securely with just a tap of your card. Speaking of rewards, you can get a Navy Federal Auto Loan and reward yourself with a new car. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone, and it's so fast, you can get a decision in seconds. Right now, rates are as low as 1.79% APR. Plus, with Navy Federal's car buying service, powered by TrueCar, you can shop, compare, and save on your next new or used car. So, whether it's your first car or your dream car, Navy Federal can help you cruise into a monthly payment you can afford. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. American Express is a registered service mark of American Express used by Navy Federal under license. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Rates subject to change and are based on credit worthiness. Rate available for new vehicles. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Hey, we're back talking with Navy veteran Joe Evangelisti and uh, Mr. High Performance Coach and Entrepreneur. Um, great stuff that you were talking about um, in the first 10 minutes of uh, bringing us up to speed with what you did in the Navy and getting out. And then, um, like a lot of veterans and even myself, what when you get out of the military, you feel like a huge load's been lifted and you basically can go do whatever you want now, whenever you feel like it, you know, where you <laughs> couldn't do that when you're in the military. Right. And the problem is it's like, it's like a kid in a candy store. You run around, you start eating everything and grabbing everything you possibly can. Cause it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's Christmas and, and I want everything, all the shiny objects. And then before you know it, you're into so many different things and you're so in, in, in the business instead of working on the business that you're just, you're just in the minutia and you're overloaded and you're not, and you're not happy. And, and even if you're making money, it's not really working for you. So what, what were some of the significant things that happened and how did you make the shift to, to get out of the business, you know, stop working in your business and started to work on your business? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, Joe, when I was in that, that place where in that space where, you know, the stress was overloading me and I was trying to figure out what's next, I was doing a lot of, you know, I, I talked about doing chasing where, you know, I would buy and look, watch YouTube videos and, you know, buy mini courses and try to make things connect. But really the game changer for me was when I really invested uh, in a high level mentor and a high level coach who had been there, had done that, who really helped me make that transition. And we really you know, talked long about um, what I boiled down to calling the five roads to victory, right? So the Seabees back in World War II had five physical roads to victory that they had planned out in order to create uh, movement for our troops and in order to, you know, stop movement of enemy forces. And so I've kind of retook that tagline. I call, I call my five roads to victory um, these, these different steps that are, they're universal, Joe. Like, like, so for example, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, doesn't matter you know, where you live, doesn't matter what kind of business you do. Um, we've really dialed in these five things that, that'll help create um, the true potential that, that people seek and really the things that are limiting people creating it and achieving that true potential. Um, so I boiled it down to five things that I'd love to share with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's hear them. Yeah. So, so number one uh, is what we call get your mind right, right? So we can't have um, any, any real outcome or real change or real um, potential until we understand and we believe that we can have it, right? Like Henry Ford said, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. And so 
we have to first look back at what are the limiting factors? What's holding you back? What are the limiting stories you might be telling yourself? Because so many folks, you know, say things like, I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough experience or whatever the thing is that keeps them in that bubble. And really what those are, they're, they're, they're versions of living in a past life, right? Maybe you had some trauma. Maybe you had a tough experience. Maybe you, maybe you got told no one too many times, right? And we start to settle on those thoughts and we start to think, well, this is my defining, this is my definition. This is who I am. And so um, what we do is I like to look behind the curtain and see like, what are, what are my clients limiting beliefs? What are, what are their values? What, are, what drives them? What are their standards? And, and also kind of what are the roadblocks that are, that are keeping you stuck in that story? Because we want to redefine the new story. We want to help you step into who it is that you're meant to be. And uh, Tony Robbins has a great quote on this. And he says, the past can only affect me if I choose to live there. Right, and so many people we live with the with the, the stories and the, and, the, and the impact of our past, and it actually keeps us from creating a better and a brighter future. Absolutely, and so many of us are caught in that. It takes somebody else to identify it and say, you know what, pull yourself out of that. And w- once you realize what what it is you've been doing to yourself, then you can move past it. Hundred percent. And some it of these things were so simple, Joe. Yeah. 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 Some of the things are so simple. You know, you ask people questions like this and they say to themselves, well, I've never thought about that. Well, it's, it's mm-hmm. a very simple question, but we don't take time to do these things when we're running and gunning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're too involved in the minutia of running our business every day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. <clears throat> Next one. So number two is what I call the plan of attack, right? So just like, again, uh, you know, you were military. We don't just deploy troops. We don't just drop people out of a C5 and say, okay, go figure it out, right? We have a physical plan of attack. We know exactly where we're going, exactly what the outcome is we're trying to create and exactly how exactly we're going to do that. We reverse engineer it and then we build the plan, right? Well, Joe, so many people spend more time, you ask them about their one week trip to Mexico, right? They know what plane they're on, what seat they're sitting in, right? What kind of service they're going to get, what transportation they're going to get, what the hotel is going to look like, where the hotel is. Are they going to be facing the oceanfront or the, the poolside, the courtyard, right? Where are they getting reservations? Where are they eating dinner? They know all the details. But when we reflect back and we say, okay, where do you want to go this year in your life? Right? What do you really want to accomplish? What do you want to see done? Right? Most people, it's a, it's a fuzzy gray area and we don't write down the actual plan of attack. How are we yeah. going to go after it? So, you know, again, kind of like the mindset piece, I want to know where's, where's A and where's B, where are you trying to get to? And then I want to figure out how do we collapse that time and how do we collapse that, that strategy so that we can get there quicker, right? And this is where we call turning decades into days, you know, figuring out how we can stop procrastinating and stop working off of a, a, a to-do list and start working on things that are going to create real outcome based on the purpose and the results that you actually want to seek, right? Or you want to see in your life. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big change, um, different than just, you know, basically spelling out a business plan. This is a life plan, right? This is how, how are you going to get to that outcome and what outcome do you really want? Right. All right. Good stuff, man. Number three. <laughs> All right. Number three. So number three is what we call checking your toolkit, right? So the CBs, again, builders, we're going to deploy. I know when I go overseas what I have to build and I have to bring my tools with me. I literally have a toolkit, right? We used to have boxes of tools we would bring with us and they would go on the plane and they would deploy with us. So if I got overseas and CBs have a can-do attitude, no matter what, we're going to get it done. No matter what, we're going to build it. 
But if I don't have the right tools, right, it might take a little longer. It might be a little bit more difficult. So what I want my clients to do is I want them to check in on what are the people, what are the resources, what are the, what are the tools, what are the technologies that you have that are at your disposal right now that you're not utilizing to 100% of their capacity, right? Because so many of us, I mean, so many of these tools are either free. I mean, it could be as simple as a yellow notepad and, and a pen and paper, right? And being able to create the opportunity. But we as humans, we're always chasing shiny objects, right? So I have this great CRM that I could use. And someone else says, oh, there's push button millions, you know, buy this thing for $500. Next thing you know, I'm chasing the push button millions. The secret is that there is no overnight millions. There is no push button millions. Money just starts flowing in your checking account. You got to learn how to use the tools you have in order to create the opportunity that you seek. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes <clears throat> instead of just when something gets harder, difficult, we start looking to the left and right and go a different direction just because it got harder, difficult instead of just grinding through and doing the work. Yeah. And, and so many people, we have these incredible tools at our disposal, but we treat them like New Year's resolutions, right? We use them for a week. They're awesome. They're incredible. You're like, wow, I'm getting great impact. And then you're like, oh, I forgot to push the buttons this week. And so we have to get ritualized about utilizing the tools that we have. Yeah. Awesome. Number four. Number four. Number four is called controlling the clock, right? So what do the best sports teams in the world do? They know how to control the clock. They know even if Tom Brady's down in the third quarter by 21 points, he knows how much time exactly he has left. He knows how to control that thing. He knows if he should pass or run in order to speed up or collapse time. Well, we have every one of us as business owners, entrepreneurs, people transitioning out of the Navy, you all have what I call the rule of 168. And that means there's 168 hours in each week, right? And guess what? Mark Cuban and Oprah Winfrey and whoever your favorite you know, person to look up to, Ed Milet, name it. We all have the same 168 hours, but it's how effective we are at implementing what we call high income activities or high gain activities, right? What are the things that are really going to move you towards your outcome, towards the results and, and in alignment with that strategy that you have? We have to dial in those things and spend more time doing those things because we only have a finite amount of time and time is the most important currency that all of us have. Absolutely. All right. Last but not least. Wrap five. it up, right? The trifecta. <laughs> so the number five is what I call the trifecta. And this is really three things and, and it could be the lack thereof three things, right? And you talked about this earlier, Joe, but number one is execution, right? I can't move forward unless I take the first step. I have to take action. I have to move towards my goals. So I could have the perfect mindset, the perfect strategy. I could be controlling the clock. I could know exactly what's in my toolkit. But guess what? If I create the, all of that and I don't take action on it, nothing happens, right? So I have to go forward. I have to create execution. The second part is course correction, right? So many people take that first step and they make a mistake or they run into a problem or they have an outcome that they don't like from that, that step. And what happens is it shuts down so many entrepreneurs that they're afraid, they're paralyzed to pivot, to course correct, mm -hmm. to go around the obstacle. And I really believe, Joe, that this is, they say 65% of small businesses fail in three years. I believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that people have a mission, they have an idea and a strategy, but they hit roadblocks, they hit obstacles, and they're afraid to course correct, right? They're so adamant about the, the path that they were on. And the best entrepreneurs in the world learn how to steer, how to steer uh, clear the obstacles and create pivots and changes inside their business. Yeah. So the last part of it, and I think you'll probably agree with this, is the, um, the lack of accountability, right? You can have all of those other pieces I talked about, but if we're not accountable to somebody, 
right? Then, then what's, what's going to, you know, get me to go that extra mile or to put that extra bit of effort in, right? That's like, if you had a, a gym buddy in the morning that was going to meet you at 5 a.m. for a workout and you texted them and said, Hey man, it's cold. I'm going to stay under the covers. We'll, we'll, we'll do this again tomorrow. They're likely to go, yeah, man, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's do that. Like, you know, I'll both sleep in. Right. But if you were paying a trainer a hundred dollars an hour, you called that guy, I texted him at 4.30 in the morning. You said, hey, man, I'm going to sleep in. It's cold outside and warm under my covers. What's he going to tell you? He's going to say, get your ass out of bed. I'll see yeah. you in 30 minutes, right? Or I'm charging you 100 bucks either way. Either way, you're going to put in the pain. <laughs> so you might as well get the results, right? Yep. That's what an excellent coach does. They keep you moving along. They keep you accountable to your goals. They keep you on track for what it is you want to accomplish. And they keep you from waddling off track and chasing shiny objects. That's awesome. So, um, how does, uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about building a business that fits your lifestyle? And the reason I ask that is specifically, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of veterans that get out of the military and they jump into something because they think they can make money at it and they don't realize how it affects everything else in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that, that we base, I, I base my lifestyle and I, and I help my coaching clients realize that there's actually five different freedoms, Joe. Everyone's chasing the one freedom we know, which is what? It's financial freedom. Financial. Right? We all want financial freedom. How am I going to get that money? How am I going to get that money? Mm-hmm. The reality is the five roads of victory I just went over, when we start to focus on the personal side, we start creating geographical freedom, right? It's, it's 2021. You can, almost everybody can do what they do from a remote location, from a laptop. You, right. you can go and explore the world. You can go outside in nature. You, know, you can watch sunsets on the beach. You can watch sunrises on the, on the mountains. Wherever you want to be, that, that geographical freedom is going to help you start to create and, and cognitively start to put more better leadership skills and qualities into your team, create a good culture, right? Mm-hmm. The next one would be uh, time freedom, right? We all, we all chase time freedom, but the secret to time freedom is it's controlling the clock and doing the things that you want to do when you want to do them. See, so many people think time freedom is like, I can, you know, I have all the time in the world. I'm going to go sit back on a beach and drink a margarita. And, you know, but the reality of it is true high performers can't sit on a beach for more than two days without going nuts, right? <laughs> they, had, they need something to right. keep them going, right? So time freedom is really more of, hey, Spend as much time as you want on the beach, but then when do I want to do what I want to do? And I, and I make it work in, inside of my rule of 168. So that's time freedom. Uh, and then two more important ones are the freedom of purpose, right? And you hear this a lot because people say, well, do what you love, do what you're good at, do what you're ex- excited about. But then too many people will follow the money and then find themselves not doing something that they love because they're chasing money. The reality of it is if you can create an outcome where your purpose and your finances are in alignment, you're going to have a 10 times happier, more content life because you're oh, doing yeah. something that you feel good about. Right. And that's super right. important. And, and then last, but shift gears all the time, you kind of stay in the same motion. the whole Correct. Way. Yeah. Because then you're not, you're not like the Superman story I told you earlier where I'm chasing, you know, um, I'm being a realtor and I'm being a, you know, a flipper, you know, I never felt like I was my true self because I was becoming a different person every hour and a half, right. I'm chasing all these different directions. You know, now I've, I'm content in who I am, right. I'm not afraid to tell people who I am, what I do and why I do it. Mm-hmm. And so now my purpose is in alignment and I don't have to be somebody else for somebody else. Like, it's just what I want out of life and your culture and the people that follow you are going to uh, ride along with that because they'll believe it and it's true and you don't have to make it, you know, 
fake it till you make it or any of that kind of good stuff, right? You just, you just achieve it because your belief is so strong and your vision is so strong. Right. And then last but not least on the freedoms is freedom of relationships. And, and this goes into that same thing, right? I get to decide who I want to spend time talking to, right? I get to decide who I want to spend time engaging with. And, you know, mostly for me, it's my team, right? You're on my team you're, or you're a coaching client. Like I truly love to see people win. Right. So when my outcome is in alignment with their outcome, now all of a sudden we have freedom of relationships, right? We're working with people and we're only spending time, again, your most, your greatest currency with the people that you value the most. Right. And take it another, another step. When you get to choose who your customers are, like this, mm-hmm. this customer is not in alignment with our methodology and how we do things. So I, don't need the, I don't need the money. I'm only going to pick the customers that I want to work with. So powerful. You can get to that point. It's all good. Yeah. And, and, you know, from a transitioning perspective, one of the best pieces of advice that I could give is in alignment with what you just said, Joe, is being able to choose and pick who you work with because you're a better quality fit for them. There's no professional, true professional, your doctors and your, your high-end insurance providers and, you know, your dentists, right? What do they do when you get to come, you know, I mean, you, you start to work with them. They, 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 qualify you. They quantify you. They ask you a ton of questions. They figure out if you're good. If you went in there with the attitude that some people get like in the real estate market, for example, that doctor is not going to work on you. He's going to say, you know what? We're not a good fit, man. I got plenty of other patients in the, in, in the other room that need my help. Yeah. Right. But they're professional about it. And they ask, they ask great questions. So if you're going to be in some sort of sales or service industry, understand that you get to decide who you're going to put up with and who you're not. Regardless, especially if it's your business. And most of the time, the people that you are in alignment with are going to become your tribe. And you don't need the, you don't need the people who, who don't pay attention to what you're doing, or don't bring your business or you know, put you down or the haters of the world, right? They disappear by product of you focusing on the right people. Yeah. And talk a little bit about hiring a coach and having mentors. Yeah, I have I have multiple coaches and I've had multiple mentors now for going on probably seven or eight years. And so uh, I'm a huge believer in it. Obviously, I'm in the coaching industry, but um, I think when you hire someone, you have to make sure that, again, they're really paying attention to what it is that you seek, right? Or that they're really in alignment with helping you get where you want. Um, I'm a big advocate of coaches who run big businesses, who are capable of running both. And they're, you know, not to say that people who only coach aren't great. There's There's great coaches, just like there's great teachers. Um, but for me, um, I, I love to see people who have success, who have success as a product of, of, of running a company, be able to, to respond back. So they're generally the kind of coaches that I'll hire, um, unless I'm doing, you know, specific coaches, like I'll hire coaches for nutrition, I'll hire coaches for, um, you know, for, for just mental game, right. And I hire coaches for, uh, speeches. Like if I have to go do a speech, I have a speech coach. So I, I, truly believe in having coaches for anything that you want to accelerate and create higher impact in, in that, in that category. And, you know, a lot of people have issue with, especially, especially people from the military community because paying for a coach. Um, and the reason, especially people from the military community have issues with that is because everything's always been free. It's always given to them, the transition yeah. classes, a lot, a lot of companies, nonprofits are offering everything for free out there. How do you, how do you get across to folks from the military community that at some point you're going to have to pay and it's worth doing so? 
Yeah. Um, the, the best way I get it across is, uh, is talking to people and helping them understand that uh, the results that you seek are going to happen a whole lot faster. Right. So a lot of times we're paying to, to cut down time. Like sometimes, you know, people come to us and, you know, you're going to be successful one way or the other. Is it going to take you 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? How long is it going to take you to master that skill where you can compress time? Like we talked about decades into days. How do you compress that time? Well, hiring someone who's already been there, hiring someone who knows the roadmap, hiring someone who understands and can relate to your situation and help you accelerate through those speed bumps, right? Those course corrections and obstacles that are going to come in our way. A great coach is going to help you eliminate them faster so that you don't just get stuck, you know, uh, you know, on your journey and, and then, you know, eventually you know, take way too long or, you know, quit or back out, right? We want to make sure that we help you create that, that speed that you need in order to create the achievement in time. Yeah. Now, if you're talking to somebody that's, that's in the military or they're on their way out or they're in the middle of the transition, maybe somebody that just got out and don't, doesn't really like where they landed, mm-hmm. they're looking to do something in, in the world of entrepreneurship. They want to run their own show. They want to run their own company. They may or may not even have an idea at this point. What kind of advice would you have for them where to go looking and where to seek help and how to get started? Yeah, my favorite, uh, my favorite avenue for this is teams, right? Whether you want to be a real estate agent, you join a real estate team or you want to be an insurance guy, you join an insurance team. I think there's so many opportunities out there to find great teams and be straight up with the, with the owner or the rep from that team and say, hey, I want to learn what you guys have to offer and I want to create value for the team. And ultimately, I want to go do this on my own. And, and a truly, truly great team leader in any type of atmosphere like that is never going to want to hold their people down, right? I always have this, 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 um, kind of this uh, saying that we say inside of our teams that you know, I want you to fire yourself. I want you to elevate and delegate fire yourself so you get to the next level, right? I want everyone on my team taking my job, you know, working their way up. And so I think teams are one of the best ways for people to do that on a budget because you can get paid along the way, whether it's commission or base, and you can learn something while you're doing it. Um, and, and, you know, everyone coming out of the military has tremendous value in some way, shape or form that they can bring to the table. Right. Well, hey, Joe, you shared some amazing golden nuggets for us. Um, I do give you a chance if somebody's interested in what you do, um, we haven't talked about your, your legacy blueprint podcast. So first, how yeah. do you find your podcast anywhere? Podcast um, found, but what, tell us a little bit about it. It's yeah. Legacy blueprint podcast has been up now for, uh, for years. It actually transitioned. It used to be called the flip King podcast. Cause I was flipping houses back then, but, <laughs> um, we transitioned. I think there's, I think there's might be over a hundred episodes on there, but yeah, we're on, uh, we're on iTunes and I believe we're on Stitcher and, you know, we're on, syndicated. So I definitely were on a few different platforms. They can search legacy blueprint podcast there. Awesome. And how do we find you, Joe, if somebody's interested in your coaching services or any other things you do? Yes. I offer a free discovery call to really sit down and talk to people, understand what their goals are. You know, again, what kind of A to B transition are they trying to make and what's that gap look like? Um, And, you know, my team and I are very well versed at doing it and helping people really reach their true potential. So um, they can find us. Our website is actually elevatewithjoe.com. And uh, it's super simple. It's how you get a hold of us. Awesome. Well, hey, Joe, um, thanks for your service and thanks for sharing your story. Phenomenal success story. Uh, looking forward to your future success and uh, go check back with you in a year or so. We have you back on the show again. Yeah, Joe, I appreciate your service as well. Thanks for having me on. I hope I uh, brought some good value to the, to the listeners. Absolutely. All right. 
these two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>